Clap. Come on. Praise God. Elevate. Elevate. Amen. Amen. I was looking, uh, when I was worshiping the Lord, uh, one thing that stuck out to me is that it says in that song, but also says in the scripture, that all the earth will pass away. You ever think about that? You ever try to visualize that? How many of you guys, you guys have a big imagination, right? Or your big creativity, like a lot of creativity. Like you think about stuff. Usually you visualize things. How many of you are visual learners, right? You have to see it. Maybe you even need to put your hands on it. You need to be able to, to mess around with it. Me, I'm, I'm a visual guy, but then also I need someone to like walk me through things. But when I see things, I like to picture it. Like, and I picture the earth just passing away, right? And all that remains is what from God, what God makes. You know, all, all that remains is what God establishes on earth, right? So I think about all the things people have done on, on earth without God. All that stuff will pass away. The only thing that will remain is what was faithful to God. And that's a big thing to think about, right, is that if we're doing things outside of God's will, if we're having relationships out of God's will, if we're having uh, careers and jobs and we're disobeying the will of the Lord, all that stuff will pass away. If we do things out of selfish ambition, that means doing things to please ourselves and not God, all that will pass away. It won't stand when Jesus comes back. That's a big thing to think, to think about, right? And that's why, that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. Everybody say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. There's a big debate whether it's hallelujah or hallelujah. But today we're going to say hallelujah. And we know that means to praise the Lord, right? And more specifically, praise Yahweh, right? Not just any God. Hallelujah can't be a, you can't say hallelujah if you're Muslim. Muslim. You can't say hallelujah if you're a Hindu. You can't say hallelujah if you're a Buddhist. Right? You only can say hallelujah if you worship our God, right? And we say hallelujah not just with our lips, but we say it with our whole lives. Everybody say with all your with all our lives. Say with all our lives. That's right. That's how we're gonna praise God, and we're gonna learn about that today. Okay? And the last couple weeks we've learned a few things. We've learned how to praise uh, God because He's just worthy. He's worthy of praise. Who He is? That's who He is. He's worthy of praise. He and who he is, like his goodness, his love, his mercy, all the things that he's done, he's praiseworthy. And seeing that God is praiseworthy, we need to see that, right? And then we've learned that when we worship God, we, we do it together. We do it in the assembly, and the assembly is full of faithful people, people that have said to Jesus, you're my Lord, I'm going to follow you for the rest of my days. And continuing with that, because what, how we live and how we praise God, they go hand in hand, Right? How many of you have met people that have a lot of talk but don't got a lot of walk? Right? They got a lot of bark but they don't got a lot of bite. How many of you have met people like that? How many of you have been that person a couple of times? I know I have a couple of times, especially in basketball. I remember one time I was doing really, I, 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 my senior year, it was like people were always talking about me like, man, dude. Joe he can play, and that took like a couple months off. Once I got saved, I stopped pooping for a little bit, got rusty. Also, I had like broken gym shoes. I was 18. I didn't have no job, you know what I'm saying? So I was struggling. My friend, he invited me to a basketball uh, league, and uh, I didn't know he hyped me up. So he picked me up in his car. We're driving. He's like, bro, I was talking about you, bro. Man, I was gassing you up, man. I told him, you're just like Tony Parker, bro. 
like, that he's a champion. He's a champion. I'm like, bro, really? You told, you told him that? And I'm over here sweating. Man, I got into that league, and I was, I was really bad. I was really bad. I had a lot of walk. I had a lot of talk, but not a lot of walk, right? How many of you have had friends that they said, man, I'll be there for you, man. You need anything, I got you. I got you. You need anything, I got you, right? And then all of a sudden, right, you see the bus. You're like, man, I don't got no bus money. Hey, bro, I saw you go to Sicko. Man, you still got some money? Ah, nah, bro, I don't got nothing for you. And then you see the bus go away. Now you got to walk home because your friend didn't lend you any bus money, right? They said you would be there, but they weren't, right? How many of you have met a lot of people that got a lot of talk, but not a lot of walk? That actually happened to one of my friends with another one of my friends. He literally had money in his hand, and he's like, bro, I'll pay you back, man. Just give me that for the bus. He's like, nah, I don't think you're going to pay me back. And dude couldn't take the bus. It's messed up. But listen, we can't be like that, right? Our talk right, has, has to match our walk, right? Our praise, how we confess to Jesus how much we love him, that has to be seen in how we live. That has to be seen in how we live. We can't just say with, with our lips, God, I love you, and then with our hearts, we don't love him. We don't treat him right, right? That doesn't make any sense. So we need to praise God with all our lives, not just part of it, not just a day of our lives, not just a month of our lives, not, not just because we made some resolutions, not, not just because, man, it's a fresh start of the week, right? Not, not just a fragment of our lives, but we got to worship the Lord with all of our lives. You see, because God, right, he's not confined to just a moment of your life. It's not like God stops existing once you leave Elevate. You understand that? It's not like God stops existing once you finish praying. It's not like God stops existing once you close your Bible. It's not like God stopped existing once, you know, Christ resurrected and once uh, Moses split the sea. No, God continued to exist, and he still exists today. He's still alive. He's still active. And also, God is not just confined to, he's not just not confined to a moment, but he's also not confined to a space. That means God is bigger than this building. That means God's bigger than your room. He's bigger than your school. He's bigger than any space. So why should our worship be confined to a space? If God is not confined to a space, that means he's not held or bound by a space. That means if you wanted to walk out this door, nothing's keeping God walking out the door. Nothing's keeping God in a building. That means our worship shouldn't just be stuck in a building either. And you see, when it comes to worship, the idea of worship is really tied to sacrifice, right? And the idea that we, and sometimes we get stuck in this mind that, you know, I worship God here, I worship God there, but I don't want worship God here. And that's how they used to think back in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they used to think about God in a way where, you know, God, I worship him here, and anywhere else I can't worship him, right? I have to make sure I'm here when I worship God. Can we get that picture of the tabernacle up, please? Everybody say tabernacle. So, Tabernacle is just a fancy word for like tent, right? And we can, uh, and then everyone get a quick look at this. So this right here is where they would worship God, okay? This is like back in the Old Testament, all right? So you see all those tents? Went camping this summer. I, I wouldn't survive. I'm just letting you know. I wouldn't survive. I'd, I'd probably die like first couple weeks. Probably get robbed too. I don't know. I'm just, I'm glad I was born in this era. But you see how everybody's outside the tent, right? Then there's like some dudes with nice little hats inside the tent, if you can see that. Those dudes with cool little hats, or they're kind of probably big, big hats, um, they were the ones that could worship God. So they were priests. 
Anybody ever seen the Pope before? Yeah, but we say nope to the Pope, okay? That's the truth. Don't forget that. Don't let your Catholic friends tell you otherwise. So we have priest here, but then there's a dude with an even bigger hat, right? And the dude with the biggest hat, he gets to go in here. Oh, yeah. He gets to go there. That's the Holy of Holies. That's where, see here, they would sacrifice, and then they would wash, uh, wash themselves, and, and then they would uh, then take the, sacri- the blood here in this place, and there was this big ark, right? And uh, basically an ark, not the ark, Noah's ark, right? But it was like, a, uh, like almost like you ever had those, sto- it's like a storage case, right? That had a bunch of the, the commandments, had Joseph's bones in there. That was, the, that was their thing, right? We don't keep any of that. If you got any bones and your skeletons in your closet, right, you turn yourself in. All right, but so they would put blood, they would splatter blood on the ark of a covenant. And why am I saying all this? Because all these people here, they really couldn't worship God. Because God, in their mind, was confined to this space. It was confined to this spot. Can we go to Hebrews chapter uh, 13, 11 through 15? Actually, uh, yeah, Hebrews, yeah, Hebrews chapter uh, 11, uh, 13. Sorry, Hebrews chapter 13, 11 through 15. So everybody say Hebrews. Everybody say Shebrews. Everybody say we brews. I just want to see if you guys would say that. No, listen, Hebrews is basically the name of the Jewish people, right? Hebrews, right? Abraham, he was a Hebrew. Uh, it has nothing to do with coffee or anything. It has to do with God's chosen people, right? So God chose a group of people. One of them was Abraham. They were the Hebrews. So this is after Abraham. This is after Jesus. These Jewish people, they're suffering. They're going through a lot. They got a lot of problems, okay? The book of Hebrews is written to people that got a lot of problems. They're being killed for their faith. They're being tortured for their faith. They're losing out on friendships with their faith because they're Jewish, but yet they claim they have the Messiah and Jesus, and many Jewish people don't like that. A lot of Jewish people, they're like, nah, you ain't got the real Messiah. You're fake. You're not a real Jew. And the guy that's writing the book of Hebrews, he's trying to help them out and be like, nah, man, you're more Jewish than, than, than them. You're actually more a part of God's family. You're closer to God than they are. And he helps them understand that. So if we read 11 to 15, it'll say this. For the bodies of those animals who blood, whose blood, the high priest, the high priest is the guy that gets to go into the really big tent. He brings into the sanctuary as an offering for sin and uh, he brings, sorry, for the bodies of the animals who blood the high, high priest brings into the sanctuary as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. So let's go back to that picture. So they would pour the blood in the covenant, right? The blood on the covenant, right? Which was like a promise. Co- covenant means promise. So the Ark of the Covenant was an ark that symbolized God was good with them and he was keeping their promise and they were keeping theirs. After they were done shedding that blood on there, they would take the sacrifice all the way outside the camp because they couldn't touch a dead thing. They couldn't touch a dead thing. That was part of the, their rules. And there, it, was, it was all a shadow trying to help us understand what Jesus was going to do. And it all makes sense once we get to Jesus. So you see how far that tent is all the way out there? That means they would take that animal and burn it outside the camp. Now, let's see why the guy that wrote this book of Hebrews is saying that. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, I mean 13. So it says, therefore, to sanctify, that means to set apart the people by his own blood, 
Jesus, let me read the NIV, sorry. Through, uh, Therefore, let us then, oh, sorry. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. So let's pause right here. Jesus is that sacrifice, right? His blood is what sanctifies us. His blood is what forgives us. His blood, right, what he poured out on the cross, what he did for us, that makes the promise legitimate. Without Jesus' blood, the promise wouldn't be legitimate for two reasons. One, how many of us have sinned in this place in our lives? We've all sinned, right? The Bible says the wages of sin is death, right? The law teaches us this, that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's called retribution. It's called whatever is done to me is done to you, right? So, why is the law teaching us this? It's trying to show us that if we sin, we actually deserve a punishment. And that punishment eventually is death. When Adam and Eve sinned, what happened to them? God said they died. They didn't die a physical death, but they died a spiritual death. So when we sin, that leads to death. Now, death, right, when we think about death, we kind of think about blood, right? When you lose your blood, you die. Why? Because the Bible says life is in the blood. So Jesus' life was poured out on the cross, and that was shown. When they were doing that with the goat and, and the sacrifice, they were trying to show us that this animal's life was paid for my sins. So his life for my life. Does that make sense, guys? His life for my life. This goat, good old Billy goat, yeah, his life for my life. Cut him up, right? That's what they would do. Then they would take his body outside the camp. Now understand this. Jesus also suffered outside the city gate or this camp to make people holy through his blood, right? Jesus, what happened to him? Who killed Jesus? It was the Jews. The same people he's writing to, matter of fact, maybe some of them even saw Jesus crucified. Maybe even some of them screamed, crucify him. So Jesus' blood Right? It's like they treated him like that sacrifice. They took him outside the city. They took, put him on a hill, a hill that was called uh, the skull, right? Literally, that's what it's called because of all the, uh, all the torturing that would go on there. And they killed him there outside the city gate, outside of Jerusalem, outside of where God's people was. They separated him from them and killed him. So now it says, let us then go to him outside the camp. Bearing the disgrace, that means taking the same disgrace, that same shame. Imagine being naked on the cross. That was Jesus. Jesus was naked on the cross, bleeding, right? You could barely tell who he was. They were mocking him. They were spitting at him. He was a sh- he, they brought nothing but shame on him. And they're saying, okay, we, we see that. Now we should go out to meet him there. For, we are not in, we do, for here we do not have an enduring city. For we are looking for a city that is yet to come. So... He's saying, you got to leave this camp, leave this city gate, and go meet Jesus where he was. Go meet where Jesus where he was because, yeah, we don't live for this. Go back to that picture. So the, he's basically saying, yeah, this is not our life anymore. Our life is with Jesus. Our life was with Jesus. And I'm saying that for a reason. I'll get to it in just a second. But understand that Jesus sacrificed Basically, exiled from his people, kicked out, right? How many of y'all been kicked out your house before? I know I haven't, but how many of you have? How many of y'all been scared that you're going to get kicked out? And you're like, dang, if I mess up, I'm going to get kicked out. 
right? Jesus kicked out of his own people, right? Killed, just like what they used to do to the animals they thought were worthless, you know, like, we don't want to touch no dead animal. We already took its blood. Leave it out there. That happened to Jesus, and now the guy's saying, we should just experience the same thing that Jesus experienced. How many of y'all down for that? I know I'm not going to get a lot of yeses or amens, but what, is it, what exactly does he mean to this? Let's go to verse 15 now, and this is the verse that we're really going to look into. Everybody say, through Jesus. Everybody say, through Jesus. So through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Everybody say, sacrifice. Everybody say, sacrifice. A sacrifice of praise. The fruits the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Everybody say, God is pleased. So we see here, again, the word sacrifice is used. But I want to just key on to this really quickly. Everybody say, through Jesus. So we only worship God through Jesus now, okay? We don't worship God through a church. We don't worship God through a man. We don't worship God through our parents. We don't worship God through our neighbor. We don't worship God through a pope or a priest. We only go to Jesus, and that's how we're able to worship God. Only through Jesus do we actually get to praise God and worship him. And see, that's something I want you guys to really understand because a lot of, like, videos on TikTok, a lot of, you know, videos on YouTube, they're going to tell you, you know, you got to open your chakras, you got to open your third eye. You got to do all these things. You got to make sure you go to the Pope. Your friends are going to tell you, hey, man, you got to be a really good person before you even get to God, right? It's not even through that. It's only through Jesus, only through him. You see, because of his sacrifice, what, what was the blood that made us holy? Everybody say holy. Who's holy? God. But it, yet yeah, it just says he makes us holy, so you understand that God is holy, but he wants a holy people. So what does he do? He makes holy people, right? If you want a sandwich, you don't just wait for the sandwich. You get up, you go to the fridge, you make yourself a sandwich, right? Right? I mean, am I wrong? You're going to starve? God wanted holy people. So what did God do? He made holy people. God made people holy through Jesus' blood. So now because of that, because of Jesus' sacrifice, making us pure. Remember, I was talking about holy hands last week. The only reason we can lift up holy hands is because Jesus lifted up his on the cross. That's the only way we get to lift up holy hands. We can now approach God. That means we can now come to God. We can go to God now. We can go directly to God because Jesus has made peace with us through his blood. So it's only through Jesus don't get it twisted. All these other religions will fool you. They'll send you off. They'll have you doing yoga poses. They'll have you doing all these things, these extra things, praying five times a day towards a, a giant rock in the Middle East, right? They'll have you doing a bunch of stuff, but none of that will get you to God. It may make you feel good. You may be like, hmm, I pray more than this person. Hmm, I do more stuff than that person. Look at my chicken. My chicken's better than that chicken, right? But it's not about that. It's only about Jesus, you see, the scripture says that Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No one, not 
Anyone, not your mama, not your grandma, not your grandpa, not the pope, not your teacher, not your principal, not your best friend across the street. No one comes to the Father except through him, Jesus. You see, his one sacrifice, you see, because go back to this picture again, the tabernacle, it was his one sacrifice, but they had to do this every year. They had to do this every year. So once a year, they'd finally get to talk to God. And it was only through this sacrifice. And all the people outside of this, this tabernacle here, they couldn't even talk to God. They just had to hear someone that heard someone talk to God. But now, through Jesus, we have a direct personal relationship with God. So stop doing it any other way. Go to Jesus. You go to Jesus, you know God. Jesus said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? If you know me and believe in me, then you believe in the Father who has sent me. So we must go to Jesus. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 15. So remember what I said earlier, okay? There, there's the sacrifice, Jesus, right? And he, he was killed outside the tent. So now what is, what is the guy telling us to do, the guy who wrote Hebrews? He's telling us, right, we should go out there. And what happened to Jesus when he went out there? What happened to him? He, he was what? He was crucified. He was sacrificed. So what's going to go, what's going to happen if we go out there? We're going to get sacrificed, but not in that way, not in a physical way, okay? So let me pause you all there. If you think, man, bro, I'm leaving this church, man. Bro, they're trying to tell me to go outside, get killed. No, I'm not telling you that, okay? I'm not telling you that. There are two sacrifices that we participate in, all right? Everybody say, dos. How do you say sacrifice in Spanish? Sacrificio? Sacrificio. Man, I was so close, man. That's how you know I'm getting good. That's how you know I'm getting good. I don't even need to know. I know. All right. Right? So, dos sacrificios. Right? Dos, two. That's what we participate in, right? That's what we actually do. One, if we look here, it's a sacrifice of praise. Everybody say sacrifice of praise. Two, it's not forgetting to do good and sharing with others. So there's two types of sacrifices here. With the sacrifice of praise, how do we, sa how do we praise God? With our lips, right? And it's the same lips that it says right here that openly profess his name. Can we go to Romans, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9? Romans chapter 10, verse 9. You see, he's saying that we must, act, uh, we must offer a sacrifice to God, right? And this sacrifice is our praise to him. And our praise to him must be done with the same lips and the same confession that is seen here. If you declare with your mouth, everybody say, la boca, la, la boca, right? Everybody say, la boca, right? With your mouth, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is, Raise him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, right? That means made right. And it is with your mouth that you profess and your faith uh, that you, and your faith and are saved. That you profess your faith and are saved. So it's with your heart that you believe and you're made right. And it's with your what mouth that you profess and you're saved. You profess your faith. So it's with the same lips that you profess your faith, those, that same confession that saved you, that's the same confession that you're going to praise God with. 
That means, right, it shouldn't be, right, you're, 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 you're praising God one way, and then you're cussing out someone the other way. You, it, it shouldn't be, right, y'all here talking pure to the Lord, but you're talking dirty to your girl, right? It shouldn't be you're telling the truth to God, God, I love you, right? God, I love you, but really you're lying because you'll be lying to everybody, right? It shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't, have, we shouldn't be like Two-Face. I was just watching Batman the other night. Right, and he always flips a coin. He's like, that's the thing with two faces. He's like, two people split in one, right? It's like a bad side and the good side. We shouldn't be like that as Christians. Why? Because he's made us holy. So he's actually set us apart from that. So now that we've been set apart, we can with pure lips, we can with honest lips confess his praise. We can now praise him. We don't need to be a hypocrite. That means saying one thing and doing another thing. So with the same lips that you confess Jesus as your Lord, that's how you praise him. You see, they used to offer animals, right, just like before, and other religions still do this. If you go to India right now, okay, they're going to go to a big statue, right, of their God, and they're going to be some of the poorest people, and they're going to give all that they have to worship this God that can't hear them, this God that can't speak to them, this God that does not exist. It's a dumb statue, and they're going to offer all that they have. And a lot of times the animals just eat the food that's offered to their gods. Matter of fact, one time they went to these temples and they found so much money that's been collected over the years. You see, but our God is not asking for that right now. The only reason he was asking for that for, uh, before was to show us why we need Jesus. Well, we, we, what we come to God with is nothing but a pure heart. A heart made holy. That means a heart that's for him and with lips that confess who he is. Right? That's what we do. That's how we come to God. So that's the first sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise. Everybody say sacrifice of praise. That's what we sacrifice. Aren't you glad I didn't say, you know, you have to go outside now and, and get yourself crucified? Right? I'm glad. I'm glad we don't got to do that, right? But if it does happen, would you be willing? All the apostles except one were killed for their faith. All of them. The Hebrews, right, the people, the letters being written to, a lot of them were being killed for their faith. He's telling them right now, hey, don't you give up on Jesus. He is worth it. He actually died. He actually resurrected. Don't quit on him. Don't quit on him. And, and what I said earlier about, you know, this camp, this is not our home anymore. That's going to be applied right now. If we can go to Romans chapter, actually, let's go back to verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13, 15. This is the second sacrifice. Everybody say dos. Right? So the first one, primero, 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 now dos. First, now second. We need some German speakers here. I want to know how to say first in German. I know how to say number one in German, eins. Everybody say eins. Now say, say deus. That's two, right? Huh? It's die? No, I thought that was four. Wait, five? He actually does speak German. So, come on, what is it? Number two? You're not sure? Come on, Duolingo. Come on. All right. Okay, so right here. And do not forget to do good and share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So, this is a sacrifice we're here. To do good... Right? To not forget to do good. So to do good and share with others. That means to share in fellowship. That means to have fellowship with those around you. 
with those around you, most, this is most likely speaking about Christians. Can we go to Romans chapter 12, 1 to 2? Well, this has nothing to do with worship, right? I thought worship was when Daryl got on them keys and started going crazy, and Brianna started going all everywhere in her song, right? I thought that was worship. I thought worship was when I played that Maverick City album the other day, right? I thought worship was when, you know, my mama would sing these songs, and my grandma would sing these songs, and my dad would sing the songs when we go there. You know, that's worship. Well, that's praise and worship, yes, but worship is deeper than that. Worship has to do with our whole life. Verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Everybody say, God's mercy. Right? Everybody say, in view of. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at Jesus' sacrifice. Everything in the Bible, every time they tell us to do something, it's usually after what Jesus did. Hey, so Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for us. He was that one sacrifice for us. Where no other sacrifice could do anything for us, his sacrifice actually changed us. So now in view of God's mercy... Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your what? This is your what? This is your what? Uh, Y'all can't say that. What does it say? Your true and what? So if you're not offering your body as a living sacrifice, you got some fake and inappropriate worship. You got inappropriate worship. You got some indecent unacceptable worship. That means you can sing songs all you want. You can lose your voice. You can clap. You can hum. You can dance. But all of that, if you're not offering your bodies a living sacrifice, is a lie and inappropriate in the house of God. Think about that. Think about that. You could, you could make a whole album, right? I mean, you, you could be the best singer, but it's, it's not proper and it's not true. It's not proper and it's not true. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we see here, to do good and share what you have, right? So in view of God's mercy, we offer our bodies as living sacrifice. This is our worship. This is our worship. We, with all our lives... That means not a, whole, not a part of our life, not a Friday in our life, not a Sunday in our life, not a five minutes in the morning part of our life, but with all of our lives, all of our bodies. That means what we do, what we think, what we say. We offer all of that to God as a sacrifice. See, this is what pleases God. This is what makes God happy, right? This is what makes God happy, And why do we do this? Well, if we go back to this picture, go back to that picture, please. I know you guys are probably tired of it, right? I like the picture, though, right? Why were they doing all this? It's so that they could please God. It was so they could please God. But why did God have them all doing that? He was trying to show them what they were, he was trying to show them how it was going to happen when Jesus comes, how everything was going to go down, what Jesus was going to do for them. That's what he was doing. So now when we do what we're doing, right? They were doing in hopes of Jesus' first coming, but we're doing everything in hopes of Jesus' second coming. That's why he says right here, this is not our city. 
When you look at Chicago, when you look at the, the Sears Tower, we don't call it the Willis Tower, right? None of that, no. Who calls it the Willis Tower? That must mean you were just born maybe a few years ago, five years ago or something, right? We call it the Sears Tower. But even when I look at the Sears Tower, when I see the Chicago Bears, when I see the Bulls, when I see everything that makes this city beautiful, that river, that's not my city. This is not my city. This is not my home. We have a home that cannot be shaken, right? We've seen, and we've seen a couple years ago, right? You guys may have lived through some crazy stuff, right? You guys, you guys are seeing a war happen right now. You just went through a whole pandemic, right? You went through a whole bunch of riots. You guys have been through some crazy stuff. You know this city is shakable. You know this city won't last. But guess what? There's a city that will last. There's a city that come that will never die, that will never fade. You can't, you can't wreck this city. This city is the kingdom of God. And that's when we praise God. That's what we're waiting for is when Christ comes back. And he establishes this city. But in the meantime, what are we out to do? We ought to please God. We ought to please God. And isn't this what we want? Don't we want to please God? Don't we want to say, man, I made God happy, right? Well, if not, who do we want to please? Right? You have options in your life. Do you want to make others happy? Maybe you just want to make yourself happy. Or will you make God happy? You see, but sometimes that requires sacrifice. That requires sacrifice. That requires you to say, man, I'm up here and people are looking at me, but man, this ain't my city, right? This isn't it. When we come together and elevate, we're praising God, waiting for him to come. We're waiting for him to come. And when he gathers us all up, that's what we're waiting for. Right When you're now at school and someone says a nasty joke or someone's telling you, hey, man, uh, have you seen this video? Or, hey, man, what do you think about that guy? Or, hey, do you want to drink? Do you want to go out and smoke later? When they're asking you all these things, what are you going to do? Are you just going to go along with the crowd? Or are you going to offer your body as a living sacrifice? You say, no, nah, I'm not about that. You see... We're all going to have that choice. Do we want to please ourselves, please others, or please God? Because you're going to have to make one of those choices. You're going to have to make one of those choices. And it goes down to your decision. It's your decision. If we can have Daryl come up, please. We all are going to have to make that decision. You see, we could, we could just see Jesus get crucified and be like everybody else and be like, man, that was rough. Poor guy, and just continue on with our lives. Or we can see Christ crucified, and we can say, man, that's my Savior. If he was sacrificed, I can offer my body as a living sacrifice. If he was willing to, to please the Father, then I should be willing to please the Father. Right? We have to see it that way. Because I'm telling you right now, you, you, you really, there's going to come many moments in your life where it's going to be like, man, God wants me to do this, but everything else is telling me to do this. And are you going to remember that this is not your city? right? Are you going to remember what Jesus did on the cross? Are you going to remember the life, the blood that he shed for you? Or are you going to forget about it? And you're going to stay inside your camp. I'm telling you right now, your friend group in your school, if they're not saved, they're not going to be with you forever. right? Your boyfriend, your girlfriend... If they're leading you in sin, they're leading you away from Jesus. 
right? You want to make sure you leave outside the camp. You leave outside anywhere else that's telling you don't follow Jesus. You want to make sure it's like, hey, man, if, if that's not pleasing God, then that's not for me. Now, I get it. You got to tell them about Jesus. You got to plead with them. Believe in him. Believe in him. Believe in him. But you got to understand that that's not, your, that's not your space there. God's presence is your space. Where God is, that's where you, you want to be. That's where you want to remain at. And that's not in the building, right? That's, that's, not, that's not just at church, right? But that's wherever God can be pleased. So if you're in a situation where God cannot ple- be pleased, you need to get out of that. If everyone can stand up, please. And if I can have the altar workers come up. So again, we worship only through Jesus, but through Jesus, we realize, man, because of his sacrifice, I should make some sacrifices. I should make a sacrifice of praise. I should praise God. I should talk about his goodness. I should sing about his goodness. It's affected me. It's affected me. It's changed me. What those people did with animals, what they do, what, what Muslims do, praying five times to Mecca, doing Ramadan. Listen, I went to high school with a bunch of Muslims. They did Ramadan and they didn't have a single clue what they were doing. That's like their fast. They didn't have a single clue what they were doing. Don't be deceived by these fancy looking religions. They do nothing for your soul. Right? Just because someone looks religious doesn't mean they have God in them. We have to understand that only through Jesus can we know God. That's it. There's no other way. And once we worship through Jesus, we see those two sacrifices. We praise them. But then also, we don't forget to do good. We're not going to sing songs here saying, God, I want to make you famous. Then once we get to school, we're ashamed of him. No, we're going to continue to do good. And we're going to share what we have. That means we're going to share our life with others. We're not going to be stingy. We're not going to be greedy. Right? We're going to be sh- we're going to pour our lives out to others just like Jesus poured out his life to us. And this is all not to please the guy speaking with the mic, not to please a parent, not to please your leaders. If you're doing anything to please anyone but God, you're probably not worshiping God. Yes, we should submit to our leaders and those in authority, but only because it pleases God. It's all through Jesus for the Father. That's why we worship Him. So this is what you guys should be thinking about. If you guys can all close your eyes, bow your heads. I'm going to go through this list of what we ought to do. And I want you to, in prayer, right, silently or or loudly, right, begin to ask God to help you with these things. You see, because we ought to worship God with our lives, all of it not just part of it. If you're now going through times where you're seeing yourself as a hypocrite, you're seeing yourself more reserved, you don't really worship God outside of church, I want you to begin to ask God to help you with that. Because he's our helper. He's who we go to. It's through Jesus, for Jesus, from Jesus. Right? Now, two, we ought to praise God and offer him songs of praise. If you feel like, man, I don't like to sing, man, that's not really just me. Listen, I just want to offer you that scripture. Just sacrifice that and praise God. Worship Him. Sing songs to Him. Some of you do actually like to sing songs, and you sing all the, the worst type of songs. Listen, I want to just challenge you, right? Stop singing all these songs to the devil and to the world. Start singing songs to God. Start singing songs to God. 
So pray about that. Ask God to help you with that. Three, we ought to fellowship with others. That's a part of worship. If you come in this place and you're like, man, I ain't trying to make no new friends. I'm not trying to be with any Christians. Right? I got my type of people and that's it. Listen, ask God to help you with that, man. Ask God to forgive you and help you with that. Because that's a sacrifice we ought to make. Lastly, we ought to please God in all we do. If there are things in your life right now, I want you to reflect. Think back. What did you do this past week that you know didn't please God? Begin to ask God to forgive you and help you not to do that again. A few more moments. I want you to ask God. God can help you. Listen. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. That means if you trust that God can help you with this, the size, mustard seed is like one of the smallest seeds. If you trust him, he can do it. He can do it in you if we are obedient. Amen. Listen, we're going to have the altars open. You can come up. If you have not confessed with your lips and believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you need to come up. You got to make that confession. And if you've been living a lie, a life trying to please something else other than God, come up. Come up. Daryl's going to lead us in worship, right? As we're singing, begin to pray.